You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. be welcome. Yay, lady or demoiselle, ye be welcome. Sire, God give you good day. Dame, good day give you our Lord. These are all the type of greetings that you would use if you were in 14th century England. And that's my, my way of welcoming you to 14th century England here in the Game Garage. Hello, this is the Game Garage where we play different tabletop role-playing games. Today we are playing our second session of... GURPS. GURPS is the generic universal role-playing system where you can play absolutely any setting, any type of characters, and we have chosen to do a realistic recreation of what life was like for peasants in the 14th century. That is what we are doing with our time today. We are recreating life Back in the medieval era. And to do that with me, I have my incredible group that we had last time. The publisher of Paizo Publishing, Mr. Eric Mona. Uh, An incredible member of the Glass Cannon, uh, whom you've seen on all of their podcasts and shows. Mr. Matthew Capitacasa. And you might know him from my family, uh, barbecues and birthday parties, and the stream of blood. Mr. Clinton Trucks. Are those really my best credits, Jared? I uh, also producer of films and television shows. <laughs> that goes available for other barbecues. barbecues. <laughs> and available, he'll cut and Clint, you'll come to someone's barbecue if they ask. Yeah, I need a reason to say no, not a reason to say yes. Uh, so uh, you heard it here, Nash. Invite Clint to your barbecue, and he will be there. How are you with uh, I, balloon animals, Clint? Can you terrible? But I will arrive with buns. Okay. Oh. Clint always brings the buns. Are you like Matt? Are you like one of those person people who like tries to mathematically arrange it so you have the perfect amount of buns for the number of hot dogs? <sighs> a hard. lot of times, sitting on the floor next to the cold case, taking seeing how many are in a hot dog pack next to. Yes, it's a problem. It's a conspiracy. Yeah, I feel you. Well, uh, it's time well spent because we never run out of buns at a Logan family barbecue. Thanks to. Uh, big buns. Uh, our little nickname. <laughs> if you run for out Clinton of buns, trucks. it means you run out of hot dogs. If I've done my job right, Clinton Big Buns Trucks, we call him. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like the nickname, but we insist on using it. Uh, I didn't want you to embroider it on my jacket like that, but right. That's what we got at. you. Yeah, we got you that Letterman jacket with big buns and <laughs> purple cursive on the back. <laughs> and that was really the final straw. You hated that. Um, so uh, I hope everybody has been diligently doing historical research while uh, we've had a little time between our sessions. Um, I was just reading from, uh, I just want to mention these books again, The Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England, which if you ever want to know about this era, this is the perfect book to find out what people wore and what their houses were like and uh, how they greeted each other. So that's a great one. Also, I've been reading In the Wake of the Plague. Oh, I wonder if that'll come up in today's session. 
And the Wake of the Plague, of course, is about the bubonic plague that stretched across England in the 14th century. And I've also been reading Summer of Blood by Dan Jones, which is about the Peasants' Rebellion that takes place in the 14th century. So a lot of really nasty, crazy uh, upheaval occurred in the 14th century, and that's why it's an interesting time to be a peasant in medieval England. Uh, so you guys, you guys have been researching. You guys did. You guys did the homework, right? I found that if I were to do any research, it would be like cheating because I would know it was coming. So yes. I opted to play the true game and know nothing. This is the one role playing we game where you're like, you tell the players, please don't read any setting. <laughs> Whereas in other role playing of- games, you're like, guys, do you even know what Glorantha is all about? I have a lot of books that I was gonna read, Jared. I had a big stack, a couple mm-hmm. of those, A World Lit Only by Fire, all kinds of great books. That's a great book. Yeah. And then right before I did the research, I, I wanted to get more in touch with my character from the last session. So I just started eating a bunch of hallucinogenic mushrooms. <laughs> uh-huh. And for some reason, I never got to any of those books. But I feel really connected <laughs> To Bertram, so hopefully I get to play him for three or four more sessions uh, as he yeah. goes into old age. You never got around to the research, but you did uh, ha- play chess with a spider made of light. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it was God. Yes, it may have been God. Yeah. Um, well, uh, well done. Uh, of course, research is not absolutely necessary. Were you? Were you? A- Clinton Trucks? I bet you were an A plus history student in school. Is that true? I was a history student. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, were you a history major in college? I was, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that about you. I I was in college for a long time. I had a number of majors, but uh, at at the end, history. (laughs) Great. Yeah, history sounds like a really fun major until you, like, get into it and it's all about finding, what do you call them, uh, you know, uh, primary sources and uh, (laughs) noting your sources. And it becomes a little bit like library science. Well, the only thing that doesn't lie are Shakira's hips and primary sources, Jared. I don't know why Shakira's hips came into it at all. Uh, <laughs> she had a very famous song called My Hips, My don't, hips lie. don't Lie. It, Come on, Jared. Never mind. <laughs> okay, I guess I don't... I guess I don't... That was a killer history student joke. It was, it was real funny. It was a pretty decent Shakira joke as well. It was a pretty decent Shakira yeah. joke. The first of many jokes I will not get. <laughs> as a professional stand-up comedian, I only export jokes. I never import them. <laughs> You're like, uh, I fail to comprehend your humor, you say? Yes. Is this the laughter humans speak of? <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, we have at least one history major here. Uh, we have a guy on mushrooms. And Matthew, were you? how were you at history in school? I bet you were pretty good. I loved it. But then I went to theater school for college and didn't have to take any more. Yeah. So. Okay. Right on. Right on. Uh, okay. So uh, we're, we're, we're as prepped as we're going to be. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and launch us into the game with a couple of caveats. I mentioned these last time. I'll mention them again. First of all, we are not historians. Uh, Clint was a major, uh, but you can see the other two definitely uh, do not give a shit about it. So uh, I, uh, yeah, shrug. I, and, and I have done some research, but you know, you see, I read a couple books. Uh, so we're going to get some things wrong. 
Uh, we are sorry for the things that we get wrong. We are trying to get things right. Uh, but our, 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 our main thrust here is not to get everything 100% accurate. It's to somewhat kind of create a dramatic situation that shows off some of the things that were happening to people at the time. Uh, not to get everything 100% accurate. Also, we acknowledge that history is full of racism, sexism, and all kinds of despicable intolerance. Though that will not be the focus of our game, we do acknowledge that it existed at the time and still exists today. In the 14th century, they had very little communication or education. What is our excuse in 2022? I leave that to you uh, to answer. Uh, Good luck. Um, But uh, just uh, safe to say that we understand that it exists, even though we will not be focusing on it. All right. Our story today is going to begin in October of 1338. We ended our last session in 1316, 1317. So 20 years have gone by for our characters. So I want to know what your character did with 20 years. Um, and we're not going to spend, we're not going to role play each of those 20 years leading up here. This is kind of like an additional character creation session um, where you can add on to your existing character or perhaps your character will even have a family and, uh, and create a new character. So what I'd like for you to do right now is to tell me what your character did with those 20 intervening years uh, in brief, if you can. And I'm going to start with Clinton Trucks. Clinton Trucks, it's important that we, we touch on your character, Leofric, because Leofric was the aged peasant. He was yeah. already 50 when the game started, so he may not even survive till October of 1338. Clinton Trucks, what did Leofric do with those 20 years? Well, uh, knowing that time on uh, God's Earth is fleeting, uh, Leo Frick is attempting to uh, create some legacy, uh, both for his brothers, his brother's children, and God forbid, his own children. Uh, he would uh, not only attempt to keep their current business uh, efforts going, but he's looking for a wife. And I think he'd probably start by looking at some of the people he's brought into the business, like Tall Robert, or Short Robert, or Trustin. <laughs> Uh, to see if they have any daughters who might need to be married off. Okay, so it is interesting. Leofric wasn't married at age 50. Um, it's sort of abnormal or unusual <laughs> that he wasn't he, already he, married. Weird. Yes. He's weird into weird stuff. Is that is that why you think he wasn't already married? Um, he wasn't a widower or anything of that sort. He was not. I, I'll go ahead and be a romantic and say that uh, uh, he came close a time or two. But he uh, wanted to marry for love uh, because there was no one he could marry for money. Well, Leofric would have lived in a time when peasants generally arranged their marriages, so something very strange happened. Oh, well, uh, you just said he wanted to marry for love, so maybe he broke off some, um, some engagements. But here in this intervening 20 years, he wants to start a family. I'm going to go ahead and rule that because of his interesting situation being so so elderly 50 years old elderly in 14th century standards it is worth mentioning though they neither came up in session Leofric has a couple disadvantages which may make him a um, less than ideal 
partner for a young wife. Let me know what he those is, disadvantages are. He is hard of hearing and has a bad back. Yes. <laughs> um, a bad back. Well, I, I, I don't think that those will necessarily... And yet you were, like, tilling the fields out there with us. <laughs> uh, so, the, because this is GURPS, there are mechanical uh, things at work here. Uh, so... Uh, I was never asked to make a strength roll and never made a combat roll, so my bad back never came up. <laughs> yeah, I love I it. I just know not to tweak it. GURPS gives you all these rules for how to do regular manual labor, but then also assumes a little bit that you're going to be using it to like fight with swords and things like that. Um, it, it's fine. Look, uh, I think your bad back, your, your extended uh, age, your elderly age... Um, you're hard of hearing. I, I think I'm going to lump those all into a, a penalty to your role to arrange a good a good uh, match for yourself. And I'm going to make it a negative, uh, negative three penalty. Um, because I don't think that you're like hideous or anything. Um, no. And, no more uh, than any other person. And you've got, you've got some good businesses. So I could have gone negative four, but I'm only going to go negative three. And I think that in order to arrange a good marriage for yourself, just give me an IQ roll at negative three. All right. So uh, my IQ is 12. I'm rolling against nine. So 50-50. Yeah. Six. Seven. Uh... Plus four, eleven. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So you're you're into, you, you, it's an eleven, an eleven. You failed, Leo. You know what? I'll never have another chance to do it. Luck. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So uh, Leo Frick has the luck advantage, which allows him to several times per session re-roll. Uh, yeah. Once let's see if you got hour. lucky. You me- you meet the right person somehow at a market day. Uh, a market fair, uh, someone from a little farther afield, because Tall Robert and Short Robert and Drustin weren't able to introduce you to a daughter or a or a, or a kinswoman who who was a proper match. Let's see if you luckily bump into the right person one day at the market fair in Portsmouth. Right. three failures. Three failures. So your your elderly status as a fifty year old, uh, and probably you know the, the years pass, and you're like fifty six, you're like sixty one, and uh, you are not able to find a proper match. Leofric, I think that you weren't able to find a woman. How sad! And so you never sire any progeny. And that means that we have to use the aging rules on you. Um, we are going to see how, how old uh, Leofric is able to get. Uh, Leofric, that would make you like almost 71 in the year 1338, I believe. Yes. Okay. Um, but in order to speed this up, we went ahead and we we did these rolls for Leofric. Because otherwise we'd be sitting here and watching Clinton Trucks roll for 10 minutes. Could you explain the aging rules in GURPS to our audience, Clint? They are not complicated, but it is a lot of rolls. At age 50, uh, every year you roll your health uh, for every stat. Strength, dexterity, IQ, and health. If you make the roll, the stat stays the same. If you fail it, it goes down one. If you roll a 17 or 18, it goes down two. So uh, having made these... so. 
if one were to make all the rolls for 20 years, I'd have to roll 80 times. Yes. Uh, didn't so we've done that. that off. We've done that off camera. Jay, on the off chance that Leo Frick wasn't able to find a, uh, a a partner, which he he has not been able to. So uh, please tell us what the result was of all those aging rolls. Uh, Leo Frick held on for some time, but eventually his strength failed him. And in the year 1331, he dies of natural causes. No. Uh, I'm so sorry, Leo. No. <laughs> Leo Frick, your brother, your friend, dies in the year 1331. Um, well, he was impossibly old. He was 66. How did he die? Uh, well, mechanically, his strength fell to zero. <laughs> that bad back. Is that what they say on the certificate? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the, uh, the priest that gives you your last rites or, or gives the eulogy is like, unfortunately, his bad back caused his strength to fall to zero, even though his IQ was still quite high. Um, very good. Obviously, my IQ had taken a quite a hit by 1331 as well. <laughs> Were you senile? Uh, I don't think I'd fallen into full senility, but uh, Leofric was quite a clever man to start, but not as sharp as he once was by the, by the end. Clinton Trucks, we had some uh, extra characters waiting in the wings in case a character died, so pick one of those, and I think you need to. I think that you need to go from our pool of already available names. Either the character is yeah. Tall Robert, Short Robert, or Drustin. Uh, I think I'm going to be Tall Robert. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Tall Robert, one of the um, peasants that you hired to work your land in the last session. Uh, you will take over as that character now, and you have a sheet so you can continue to play. Wouldn't it be even funnier, though, if I just told Clinton Trucks that he was out of the game here at the very beginning? <laughs> no, we can't do that. Uh, yes, please play as Tall Robert. And now I will turn to Bertram, played by ah, Eric Mona. Yes. Bertram, you have 20 years uh, to spend. Um, you have already stated that you have a son, uh, and we yes. put it on your sheet as a dependent that son is a playable character. Will you be playing that son, Willem, in 1338? Yeah, I think I will. In the spirit of the multi-generational, the turning of time, uh, yes, I will be playing Willem. But in part because Willem's uncle is named William, uh, it's a family name, uh, he was known as Crumb as a little baby because he was just a little, th- a little, a wee little thing. And uh, and so yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure how we'll transition into it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play Crumb today. Very good. Well, we'll transition into it by having you make sure you open up Crumb's uh, character sheet, which we uh, set up for you. Crumb as an adult. Crumb is a uh, what, let's say uh, he was like four or five maybe yeah, in 1316. So now he's like 25. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to say that. Uh, our friend Bertram can do nothing in those intervening years. So is there anything that Bertram would like to have accomplished uh, in a lifetime? I mean, really, we're talking about Bertram's entire life. 20 years is someone's lifetime, almost. Yeah. So um, what well, would la- Bertram have liked to have co- accomplished? Last time we saw Bertram, he was 28 years old. So this would bring him up to almost <laughs> old age, uh, like Clinton. Um, I'm sorry. Like Leofric. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> he's 49. He's almost old. Yeah. So Bertram, as you may recall from the last session, uh, was spending more and more time 
by Pilger's Cave, the location where he came upon a circle of mushrooms and toadstools, had a bit of a feast after starving and getting lost in the cave, and then seeing the Virgin Mary herself manifest and then lead him to safety from the cave. So as the rest of the the, the uh, family was focusing on the nail business and the farm, I might add one of the most successful farmsteads, uh, you know, in the region. You survived the Great Famine. We did. We did. And I want to point out, I think we did that only by the providence of God himself. Uh, and so Bertram falls God even... God being your game master. Go ahead. <laughs> Right. Uh, we'll just call him Jay. Uh, and um, so Bertram falls a little bit even deeper into the religio mania, spurred on by his friend Agnes the Anchoress at the local um, church. Uh, he begins to sort of live in Pilger's Cave and kind of becomes a local religious celebrity, I would say. And people start coming to the cave and listening to his uh, sermons and things. Uh, and, you know, he's got an IQ of 12, so those sermons are a little bit better than average. And that's enough! Because it's very boring in the 14th century. People can't just stand and listen to the town crier all day. They want to engage. And why not engage with someone who has a personal connection to the Virgin Mary? Very well done. Uh, I think that that's a perfect lifetime for Bertram. Would you go ahead and make some rolls for me to see how it to. all goes for him? How yes. about an IQ roll for his uh, his sort of sermonizing? I love that. Uh, I have um, theology as a skill. Can I can I benefit you can use from that, that instead? At all? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You could use that instead. And now is the part where I need to be reminded how to play GURPS. Uh, no problem. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, helpful for our audience as well to hear this again. In GURPS, you have a stat. It uh, ranges anywhere from 3 to 18. And you roll 3d6 and you try to roll under your stat. Now, okay. in a GURPS game where there were superpowers or uh, you know people with extraordinary capabilities, your stat might be 20. It might even be 25 if you were Superman. But in our normal human game... 18 is the highest the stat can go. So what is your stat for theology? It is 14. Okay, so you're just trying to roll 3d6 and roll under 14. All right, let's do it. I got a 9. A 9. Um, people are really taken with your your uh, your services uh, there in front of the cave. People come to you for wisdom, Bertram. You have become uh, the hermit with religious knowledge out in the woods, up on the mountain. Um, here is the other side of that. I believe that it's possible this would be perceived as a slight to the real church. You are so not I. someone who has taken holy orders. Right. So, uh, because we're just covering the intervening 20 years and we're not playing like moment to moment... I think that at some point, I'm just gonna I'm gonna frame this uh, brief encounter. At okay. some point, the real church comes to you with armed men and uh, from from the local lord and demands that you that you stop your sermonizing, that you stop your alternate, uh, almost schismatic teachings. And do you, do you resist or do you do you continue to preach? 
So here's what I do. Uh, this is one of those rare instances um, where Bertram's son, Willem, young Crumb, yeah. is is present. At yes. the, you know, so I'm doing like a sermon. There's a bunch of farmers and people just like on their knees crying and maybe even whipping themselves a little bit as they listen to Bertram's tales of his latest encounter. He just met Ezekiel. Uh, after eating some more um, mushrooms. Wow. And the, the crowd's really into it, but of course, you know, the Reeves men or whatever, the Lord's men are not so pleased. And so, but Bertram, as they kind of cross over the hill that leads to Pillager's Cave, Bertram sees them and he knows what this is all about. He he knows. I mean, Agnes, the anchoress, warned him that things were stirring up a little bit. Right. But instead of looking disappointed... Bertram, like, kind of gets even more excited, and he looks at his son, and he's all like, like, this is my moment, <laughs> and he's gonna lean into martyrdom as, as, as hard as he possibly can. He is on a mission from God. He, the only authority that he answers to is the Virgin herself, and if the Lord wants him to stop the Virgin's work, the Lord better have some mushrooms and get with the Virgin, because she's the one who tells Bertram what to do. And he will not be ordered around by earthly powers. And Very his son good. is like, what are you doing? And he's all just like, I got this. Well, they <laughs> have a no warrant point. for your arrest. So are you going peaceably or are you uh, fighting them or are you even commanding your flock to fight them? What are you doing? I'm not going to command they, my They come flock. and they announce that they have a warrant for your arrest. No, my flock probably like tries to, def- you know, s- starts like maybe reaching for a spade or like a pitchfork or something to protect well, him. Let's he's find out right. if they do. Uh, okay. they, they actually look they actually look uncertain. So you have to okay. say something or do something in order to make that happen. I, well, I don't want it to happen. I, I want to kind of tamper down their participation because no one else needs to be martyred today and no one else needs to step into the spotlight that is shown directly from almighty god onto bertram in his uh, great moment okay well th- these men are not going to murder you they are now grabbing your arms to drag you off to the lord's dungeon no remember me remember me and my flock Okay, Never you, forget the name of bertram oh the cave <laughs> bertram of the cave you are taken off to the dungeon uh, of the Lord. Uh, in this case, wait, I have this here. Um, in this case, it's Sir Harold Hayter. Yeah, well, Sir Harold Hayter. That was your immediate Lord, but John oh. St. John is the Baron and Governor <laughs> of Portchester Castle. And uh, a religious schismatic preacher would have come even to his uh, attentions. And oh, that is why nice. he has sent uh, local uh, local militia to come and get you alongside the local priesthood. And you are dragged off to Porchester Castle's dungeon, where I would like you to make a health roll to see how you do inside of a dungeon. Uh, and we're going to do this quickly, I think, okay. because you're in a dungeon and they're barely feeding you. Yeah. Please make a health roll at negative four. Oh, a health roll at negative four. Is health HP? It is HT. HT. Oh, I see. Okay. Negative four. This is going to be a bit of a challenge, so I'd like to ask for some help for the Virgin. Okay. I got a 13. (laughs) That seems like it might be a failure. What were you trying to roll under? I was trying to roll under a 10. Uh, Well, you got close. Mm -hmm. So you got the martyrdom that you asked for, Bertram. Um, 
You die uh, of starvation in John St. John's dungeon. Uh, and uh, but but your your earlier role to sermonize was so successful that many remember you mm. and still uh, still bandy about your teachings. They still carry your teachings with them, um, and people make pilgrimages to the cave to eat the magical mushrooms that gave you your visions. And now I will turn to our third player, Wilkie. Wilkie, you have twenty years. The saga of Wilkie. What what saga do you write in those twenty years? Well, as uh, you all remember from last session, Wilkie was uh, engaged in a torrid affair with the Miller's wife, Matilda. And uh, things got complicated when the Miller uh, was not as well prepared as we were for the famine. And we ended up buying the mill and then employing the Miller and his wife. So things got a little, you know, thorny. Yeah. Uh, but Wilkie still, uh, I think, for Wilkie, it was true love, right? Like, circumstances be damned. Uh, so I imagine he, uh, emboldened perhaps by his older brother Leofric's example, held out for love. Uh, and I, in my mind, the uh, and you tell me if, I, if I'm overstepping, uh, but I think he was waiting for the Miller Godwin to die, and then, you know, he could swoop in and, you know, happily ever after. But I think Godwin... Godwin lived a very long time. And well, I let's think find he, out. Should we find out? Yes, let's find out if Godwin... I know what Godwin's health is, and rather than do a bunch of rolls, let's just do one roll to see if Godwin survives the entire 20 years or not. Is yes. that okay with you, Matthew? Yes, and then I, I... In my mind, I was like, I was just... I think the worst thing that could happen for, for Wilkie is if Matilda predeceases Godwin. So maybe we do oh, both. Oh, then we should roll for Matilda as well. So uh, just just to make sure everybody knows the stakes here, we're rolling to see if the husband of the woman that Matthew's character Wilkie loves dies in the intervening 20 years. Here we go. All right. I rolled a three. Well, I rolled a three, and I wow. rolled a five. That is over the health of Godwin, <laughs> who only had a health of ten. And so uh, that means that Godwin does die. Let's see how many years he gets before. Uh, let's see how many years he gets before he dies. Could it be true? Could it be true? Love's day. He, he only lives. He actually only lives eight years after the events All of right. uh, session number one. So in about the year, uh, let's see, 1324, uh, let's see how long, let's see how, uh, it's Matilda, right? Matilda. Matilda yeah. yeah, let's see how Matilda does. Matilda, I know what her health is. Here we go, Matilda. Do you survive? Matilda rolls a 10. Matilda survives. Matilda also had a health of 10. So Matilda lives... And I don't what have to roll to see how many years because she just lives. So, wow, that worked out really well for you. That worked out well. I had this whole tragic story in Vision where they're like he would, he would have like one last tryst with Matilda. And maybe that would produce an illegitimate child. But no, they just get together. They Praise well, let's see. God. Let's see if you're right. able to arrange the marriage adequately and get everything kind of squared away because, you know, she is a a widow she probably has some some various prospects that she could go with she does love you so that's going to give you an iq roll but i'm going to allow you to roll it at plus two 
Okay. Um, and if you are able to do that, that means that you guys uh, establish a marriage and are happily wed. All right. Uh, that's good that you gave me the bonus because Wilkie's IQ is not particularly high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I rolled. I was I was rolling for an eleven. Yeah. And I rolled a twelve. Oh no! <sighs> Something terrible has happened, Wilkie. Um, I think that for whatever reason, Matilda has turned against you. Um, I don't know Matilda. what exactly happened, but uh, perhaps the rumors of your philandering with her uh, hurt her social standing, and so that she could not marry you and keep her reputation as a woman of God. And so she has chosen to marry someone else again. Oh no! Maybe yes. she, maybe she considered Godwin's death a sign that she had to to turn away from her blasphemous yeah. sinful ways. She has married a man named Larkin. 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 My college roommate was named Larkin. I learned. Imagine this character to be exactly like your college roommate, but medieval. <laughs> but a medieval peasant. Yes, but a medi- medieval peasant. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, Godwin was a miller. Larkin does something else. Larkin is uh, he's a hunter. Oh. So a strapping fellow, eh? Oh, yes. A strapping fellow. Well able <laughs> to survive. Like younger men. But spends long hours out in the forest. Um, so, Wilkie, am I to understand that perhaps you have not been able to... Would, would you move on from Matilda? Or would you... Would you would you pursue someone else? What would you do? I think in the intervening 20 years, Wilkie would hold the torch. He would continue wow. to pine for Matilda. Wow. Um, that is it's, so sad. It's almost maybe, the end of our line. I know, but do you think it's possible maybe they get together at some point for just one night? One night, and maybe there is... Roll, uh, roll a, a, a skill or a, an attribute, uh, but now the chances are a lot slimmer as the years go by. Let's see. If you think um, we're going to let your bastard child into our businesses, <laughs> eleven years go by. Eleven years go by, and in the year thirteen twenty-seven, three years after the passing of Godwin, uh, you guys have a final meeting, and. Um, Let's see how it goes. I think that uh, if you have no other ideas, I think it's an IQ roll, but this time at negative, negative two or three, because she's already married to Larkin now. Uh, Wilkie would like to prepare a meal for Matilda and roll cooking. Okay, uh, that's a great idea. I'll allow that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Try to woo her. What is your my... cooking score? Nine. Okay, let's see how you do. You, you want to take that penalty? Um... For cooking, I'm not going to make you take a penalty. Okay. I rolled an eight. All right. Okay. You are now involved in an extramarital affair with Matilda again. <laughs> yes. How old are they both at this point? Uh, so it's 13, what do you say, 1331? We're Right now we're in 1327 when this happens. Uh, so I am 30. 30 years old. And I think Matilda's a little older. Uh, 1327, you're 30. Uh, that means you will not reach old age by 1338, so we won't have to do any old age rolls for you. Um, but it does mean that uh, 
you have re you've rekindled the old flame with Matilda, and you guys are getting older, and you are continuing to flander behind a husband's back. Uh, I mean, the more things change, yeah, the more they stay the same. Um, and it's like uh, God wills it for us to be together. Uh, what year did Bertram get? Uh, yeah, we up? never established when Bertram uh, was martyred. Let's find out. Bertram dies in the year. Eight plus four, eight. twelve years after the events of uh, episode one. So, uh, if that ends in thirteen seventeen, he dies in thirteen twenty nine. Okay. Um, very good. Anything else that Wilkie tries to accomplish, or is it his life's work is really Matilda? Really? Well, I mean, I think Wilkie. I mean, after Leofric dies and Bertram gets martyred, he's the he's the eldest he's the he's the the eldest member of the family running the business. Oh no, no! <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so Leofric doesn't die till thirteen thirty one. Okay, so. but th- at that moment, yeah. Wilkie seizes I the think, reins. I think in thirteen thirty one we have to play this. So, in thirteen thirty one. Wilkie is the eldest surviving member of this family and and the business, as Matthew has just pointed out. So our most frivolous brother is running the nail business, running the sheep business. This could get bad. The the mill, the whole thing. It's a lot of responsibility. I have some ideas about vertical integration that I think you've all not considered in your lifetimes. Yes, let's see how these ideas about vertical integration go. Merchant defaults to IQ minus four, right? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. You're squandering our fortune. All right, here we go. Okay, uh, unsurprisingly, I have failed that roll. <laughs> okay, very good. So I want you to know that uh, I want you to roll it a couple more times, okay? That, that was for the nail business. Now I want you to run once for the sheep herding in the mill. Uh, okay, that was worse. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a 13. I'm trying to roll for a 5. Okay, now we're running, rolling for the mill. Okay, that was an 11. Again, rolling for a 5. Yeah, it's almost Eight. impossible to make this roll. I'm trying, what about uh, the farm? What's left is the farm. Yeah, the farm the itself. The farm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a 12. I think we know why Matilda went with the hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had great I, prospects. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that these business... Uh, here's what I'm going to say. The nail business is all but washed up. So is the uh, the sheep herding and the mill. You've had to sell off the mill. And you are back, thanks to the efforts of Wilkie, back to being just farmers on the land of Sir Harold Hayter. Fear or not, fucking crumb. Crumb, fear not, tall Robert. I shall lead you into great profits in the coming season. Um, I thought that that was an excellent, uh, excellent coverage of our 20 years, and I'm sorry <laughs> that you're back to square one business-wise, but those are the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that come when Wilkie is in charge of anything. Um, so when we find our characters, so, so make sure that uh, Clint and Eric, make sure you have the character you're playing now, not the character you played last session. And when we find these characters in October of 1338, what are they doing? And let's start with uh, Tall Robert. Tall Robert. Um, so I've, I've got, I have a sheet that is now Tall Robert. I do need to know how old he is. 
So I figured let's he was, let's uh, let's make a him. Let's start with these characters at eighteen, just to make sure no matter what happens to them, no one watching is like Jesus Christ. Um, and <laughs> let's add. Um, do you mind doing eighteen plus three d six? Let's see what happens. So a minimum of twenty one, really. So two, four, five, six, seven. So twenty uh, five. Okay, so Tall Robert is 25 years old, um, which means, uh, well, well, that doesn't make any sense, because that means that he would have been five years old. Oh, oh no, no that doesn't make any very sense. Very tall, Yeah, Robert. that doesn't make any sense. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, my God. Th- this is so fun. Um, we're just establishing characters' ages as part of our role-playing well, session Well, if we say today. he was 25 when we started, and 20 years That's past, it. So now he's 45. That's perfect. Tall Robert is now 45. He's getting up there. He's, he's getting up there in age. Guy never had a chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what would Tall Robert do in this October of 1338? First of all, he's got to take in the harvest. So could I have him do the, help with that? Sure. Uh, Tall Robert has a farming of 10. Let's see how he does. Six, seven, eight, nine. Nine, nine and ten. Here we go. Okay, so Tall Robert's portion of the labors goes swimmingly, and he is able to help them, you know, with the yield, and uh, many, many uh, great and harvestable grains are gained. Um, so, so far, Tall Robert is helping with the farm in a good way, and uh, there's been no uh, there's been no problem. Uh, what would he like to do in October of 1338, in the fall of 1338, in addition to bringing in the harvest. So, Tall Robert was an employee. However, now that he is probably doing the bulk of the manual labor uh, around here. Or he's doing a uh, lot of it. A lot of it. Uh, I think he wants to uh, have a little sit down with Wilkie uh, to see if he can take over a plot of land. A plot of the 30 acres that Wilkie has inherited. Uh, I love that idea. Um, why don't we go ahead and say that you meet in the little, little one-bay house, which you still have because the other businesses were destroyed. Um, and uh, let's have... And, and, and by the way, Tall Robert, you probably don't even stay in that house. You probably have to live somewhere else in an even smaller right. uh, cottage. Um, and um, let's have you make your case to take over some of that land. So, uh, Tall Robert's case uh, is a short one, uh, but looking at Tall Robert's sheet, it looks like he was probably mostly the uh, the sheep herd <laughs> when there was a sheep herd. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Tall, Tall Robert uh, also has a disadvantage uh, called callous. Yeah, he appears to be a like an unpleasant and mean man, <laughs> uh, and is quite tall for the time. He's five eleven, um, giant. So, uh, Tall Robert stands quietly and says, I brought in your crop. I've buried the sheep that you let starve in the field. And I think I'm owed. What would you say you're owed? The North Field. The North Field? Well, you see, the North Field was my brother's field, and I have a, a sentimental attachment to it. Uh, Tall Robert doesn't say anything. He just closes the door behind him, leaving you alone in the room with him, and walks <laughs> over and sits down and says, if I don't work the field, 
I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who will. I suppose you're right, seeing as we've, we've slashed wages over the past five years. <sighs> Tell you what. Why don't we... Why don't we play for it? Why don't we... Why don't we do... We, we play a, a game of chance for it. <laughs> um, if you we win, can see Wilkie's management style and why yeah, it now. has you it's win, all coming together you get the north field though you owe us a portion of the profits if I win you get us some sheep she uh, could Tall Robert is going to say nothing and he's just going to make an intimidation roll <laughs> Uh, all uh, right, is that is that okay with you, Matthew? If a character sure. tries to intimidate your character, yeah. What is it? Do I? I'm going to allow you to resist it, though. So um, let's have uh, let's have Tall Robert roll intimidation. Is that a skill that you have, Tall Robert? It is. Yes. And then let's have Wilkie resist it using uh, will. There should be a will. Yeah. Score on your sheet. I imagine if this is the roll I get. Uh, I rolled seven on ten. Ooh. I uh, I rolled a ten on nine, so I do not resist. Uh, okay. I cannot resist. So your employees are even able to intimidate you, uh, Wilkie. All right, all right. The North Field, you say? Uh, okay, but you still you still can pay me rent, right? I'm the I own the land, or I rent the land to own, and you rent it from me. You sublet. How does that sound? Deal? Great. And Wilkie runs out of the room. <laughs> uh, and Tall Robert does work the land, and he pays a fair portion to uh, the remaining brother. But he he is an unpleasant and dickish man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love this. intimidating. Yeah, you know, uh, that's another uh, sign of Wilkie's great leadership, that he lets his underlings <laughs> sort of tell him what to do. Um, let us now turn to Bertram. Oh, no, no longer Bertram. Bertram died in a dungeon yes. years ago. Yes. Uh, let us turn to Willem, uh, a.k.a. Crum, son of Bertram. Um, I would first like to see how Crum's involvement in the harvest goes, if that's okay. Of so course. So could Crum please roll his farming? Yes. All right, he's got a 10 in farming, so he's only okay at this. Uh, and I got a 10. Very good. So, um, Willem, you are a good and uh, happy worker, and you bring in plenty of good uh, harvestable grain, and uh, your portion of the uh, of the labor has gone smoothly. What else would Willem like to do with his uh, autumn of 1338? Well, um, Willem is struggling a little bit. Because I'm looking at his character sheet, and his highest score is in Merchant. So I'm guessing that his uncles, uh, particularly since his father wasn't really around since he spent so much time at the cave, his uncles probably tried to help him like get involved with the nail business. Maybe they and were the grooming business. him. Yeah, they were grooming him to be the guy to run these businesses. And the nail business has failed. Yeah. And now I'm back to being a farmer. And he's a little surly. He's mad that his favorite uncle, Leofric, is dead. His father, dead. 
and the only person who's controlled his fate low these last nine years is good old Wilkie. Uncle Disconnected, Wilkie. bad decision maker, defers to others, lets the help run him. And uh, Willem is struggling a little bit with the old family loyalty, with the old spot. Now, tall Robert is asking for a plot of family land. Like, this whole thing is out of control. So what Willem spends most of his time doing is complaining behind closed doors to his wife, Marjorie, who he married at age 14, only a year before his father was martyred. And he has three mouths to feed his children, Gwyn, Theodric, and Beatrix, named after his long-departed mother. And he's just... Surly. Margaret, you won't believe what happened again. Tall Robert now wants a plot of land. It was me uncle's land. And old Wilkie's, oh sure, Tall Robert, whatever you want. I'll tell you the business has gone to piss. The farm's gone to piss. It's all gone to piss, Marjorie. Um, some of this complaining undoubtedly gets back to Wilkie, right? I mean, uh, is uh, you're not being that circumspect about it, are you? No, I was never taught manners by anyone. Uh, yeah. I just left to fend for myself. So, Wilkie, one of your, you know, one of the main people that you depend on to help you bring in your portion of the these lands is complaining about you and your leadership very vocally to anybody who will listen. How does Wilkie react to that? Uh, Wilkie is going to change his plans. Uh, as you know, he was, he's been pining for Matilda all these years and carrying on the fair, uh, which he's recently rekindled. Uh, but he is now going to seek a young wife so that he may uh, sire a child on, that he may pass the land onto and cut these, uh, cut these, cut these ungrateful nephews and great nephews and nieces of his out. Very, very good. Um, is is he careful about that? Does he let Willem know that that's happening? Oh no, I think he. Uh, I think he tries to keep play nice with Willem, and he's just like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm getting older. You know, one wants for company in the the dark, dark night. Uh, you know, is that so wrong? God, I, I, that I after all these years, God has seen fit to call me to holy matrimony." Very good. Uh, well, let's see how he does. Still um, love you, Crumb. Love you since they were love born. love you too, <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> hey, could yeah. you do me a favor and talk to Tall Robert? He seems upset about something. I'll be happy to talk to Tall Robert, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go talk to Tall Robert. Okay, um... Uh, let's deal with that in just a second. I want to see how, uh, in the autumn of 1338, how Wilkie's search for love goes. Wilkie, I would say, based on your circumstances, I would like you to roll IQ at negative one to find a mate. Am I still fit and attractive? You are. That makes me change it, actually. Roll IQ at plus two. Okay. Still not great, but... (laughs) Oh, you know what? I got it. Seven. Seven under <laughs> eleven. Um, you find you find uh, a young woman named Agnes. Oh. Agnes uh, the Anchoress? Named after oh, the Anchoress. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, the Anchoress are... Well, there's more than one Agnes. Yeah, there's there's seven. 
in town. There would be a lot. This there is, really actually would be more than one Agnes woman named Agnes. Girl. So Agnes the Anchoress. Sorry, I, I reused a name, but we're going to go with it. We're going to say that it's true. So this is, uh, we're going to call her... Agnes uh, 2? <laughs> we could, we could, uh, but we, could, we let's call her Agnes of Ch- Chichester because you go farther afield into Chichester, a nearby community, and Agnes of Chichester is, uh, boy, is that a mouthful, but that's her name, um, is going to be your love match. Um, and how are you uh, wooing her away from her family? I uh, tell them grand tales of our glory days. I leave out some key information that maybe some of the businesses have gone under and had to be sold. Instead, I brag about the time that we, we uh, with nothing but our, our own gumption, got through the famine of 1316, was it? Yes, it was. Uh, Public and, speaking role, please, okay. uh, Mr. Wilkie. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You can no, go no. ahead and elaborate more if you'd like. Uh, okay, uh, I rolled a nine, and my public speaking is a nine. You have this family completely in the palm of your hand. They think you are a fantastic businessman. And then when the floods came, my brother, he dug a trench, saved us all, brought some sheep. What can you, what can you say? Well, he was a genius, my brother. Uh, yes, you have this family in the palm of your hand, and they are more than happy to give you the hand of their beautiful daughter, Agnes. Um, so uh, we will leave you there with a, a wedding to plan, and I would like to see the meeting between Willem and Tall Robert. All right, I'll, I'll go up to his hovel and I'll just knock on the door. Uh, Tall Robert! Tall Robert answers. He actually moved into Leofric's house. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> In the intervening time, it's turned into something of a hovel because clearly Tall Robert is not a domestic man. Uh, He uh, goes and takes off the rope latch and opens the door. I kind of look behind you. Oh, sorry, what did you say? I said, boy. Tall Robert, you've redecorated, it seems. Short Robert died three years ago. When can I just pay Robert? Hey, that wasn't established, but okay, it's canon now. Go ahead. We're all miss short, Robert, but uh, might I step inside to have a bit of a conversation with you? Uh, He'll go and pull out a rough stool for you. Oh, thank you. This is quite comfortable. Uh, Uncle asked me to have a word with you. It's about the family farm. Apparently, he's concerned that you might be unhappy. I don't know. You're unhappy, Tom Robert. I want more than I've got. I don't think that makes me unhappy. Well, I can't. It's cold in here, and you see him. He goes and pulls out a a book and rips out a page and throws it in the fire. Doesn't even. <laughs> Leo doesn't even left a few books me. around because he could read. <laughs> yeah, he was a fancy lad. Our uncle Leofric, we all miss him. What do you think of Uncle Wilkie's leadership here at the farm? Well, hunting off a child bride in Chichester, from what I understand. 
His leadership does me fine as long as it stays distant, which he's been to this point. But sounds like you might have other plans. No, no, no other plans. I'm a man of God. I obey my beloved uncle in all things. But just wanted to see where you, where your loyalties lie when it comes to the family. Well, I had some fondness for your father, it's true. So did just about everyone, as I'm often told. You'll have to tell me what he was like someday. Uh, to soften your heart, I saw you on his knee more than once. Mm. He says soften your heart, but his face is completely cold and <laughs> massive. <laughs> well, I always wanted to find a place for you with the nail business told Robert, but certain decisions were made and it didn't work out. But we've there got are... an interesting couple of years ahead of us, and I just want you to know that you'll always have a friend in old Willem. Or young Willem. <laughs> in these parts, I'm young. On your way out, uh, you're crumb. Yeah. You're not as bereft of options as you think you might be. What should He's mean? These lands are rented. They don't belong to Wilkie any more than they belong to you or me. If you think it's being mismanaged, go and appeal to our lord. <sighs> Do you mean Sir Herod Haytar? I'd rather not go visit John St. John if it's all the same. There's been some trouble. Uh, the, the closest to hand, one would think. Uh, there certainly can't be any question that this once thriving farm is now uh, run to ruin. And it ain't for hard lack of hard work on the behalf of you and me, that's for sure. The only thing doing worse than this farm are the marriages around your uncle. <laughs> I, think, I think a new wife might find her uh, that he likes to take a, a roam around the properties from time to time. What are you suggesting, Tall Robert? Oh, uh, I'm suggesting he uh, embarrassed and cuckled Godwin the Miller for what? years. and Yeah, that was shameful. Uh, then, uh, just a handful of years later, Larkin, the, the hunter, that poor man is living off in the <laughs> woods. He's never been the same. Oh, Larkin. Poor Larkin. Well, yeah, he's a handsome man, oh, uncle. My uncle. I wonder what that's like. I will just break in at this point to say that both of you know that uh, the man uh, who comes to kind of take your grain and give you, you know, kind of take it to market um, uh, in Porchester, his name is Walter. Uh, he was due uh, by this time today, and he has not arrived. You seen Walter? He's supposed to be here about an hour ago. Don't suppose he came by your hovel? Not yet. Hopefully he doesn't wait too long. I won't see these go to rot. Yeah. Wilkie, you are returning from Chichester, um, and you certainly all live near each other, so you can join the scene if you'd like. Um, you are not married yet. Um, you have just gone and arranged the marriage. I would like the, mar the wedding to happen as soon as possible, though. Uh, 
for no particular reason. Uh, how are you? Uh, greetings, nephew. Greetings, tall Robert. How goes it? Has Have you seen Walter? We was just talking about him. He hadn't been seen here at all. Hello, uncle. Hello, nephew. Always great to see you. Always great to see you, too. I hope your travels have been fruitful. Oh, very fruitful indeed. Very fruitful indeed. Praise I haven't got another stool. Oh, well, that's fine. I'll take yours. Thank you for that. Thank you for offering, Tall Robert. <laughs> Tall Robert just sits and looks at you. <laughs> On the floor? <laughs> no, in the stool. Oh, okay. I'll stand up. You can have my stool, Uncle. Oh, you're, 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 your legs you're, must be tired from all the travel, hunting young ladies. It's true. I did travel far, and we all know Tall Robert is not as young as he used to be, though he is still quite tall. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, what, are, what are we going to do about this situation with, with Walter? Wait. Uh, uh. My business sense tells me we should not wait. Uh, I take a deep breath. <laughs> my business sense uh, tells me we should send Tall Robert to take the grain to Port Chester himself. I haven't the charms of yourself or Crumb here, honestly. If we think our crops People... aren't going to make it for themselves to market. People tell me I'm quite charming. I'd be happy to. How about we all take it? No wedding to plan. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't share the good news. I'm taking a bride. As you, as as you, you, you all supported me in that decision. Uh, uh he, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All Is right, she so, rich? Uh, not, 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 not as such. No. Uh, Does she's quite lovely, and of uh, childbearing age. Which is the information that is neither here nor there. Well, if she does bear you a child, let me know. I've got some parental tips. Oh, yes. Your life will change forever. It's a beautiful thing. Um, this grain does need to be taken to market, and I'm going to go ahead and rule that hours pass and Walter never shows up. Alright, I, I think Wilkie will agree that we should all go. Mostly because he doesn't trust the two of them anymore. Right. Very well, we are without, we, I imagine we don't own a cart or anything like that. Uh, do we? Can we? Do we have something to carry this grain in? If we want to take uh, it to market ourselves? Well, let's just, let's, let's let Rolls decide something like that. So, um, owning a cart, yeah, it'd be quite expensive, and there are people that make a living just having carts but perhaps you have some way of taking it in or or a portion of it so um let's just do, have a farming role or a merchant role uh to kind of merchant actually would be excellent because a merchant would know how to get his wares I've got a to 12 market. in merchant yeah uh, you, if you roll that uh all right yeah find us a cart young crumb uh, i got a 10 very um, good we could, I guess we could argue that maybe we had a cart back in the nail business and that was like one of the last things we kept or something or sure. I don't know. Uh, very good. And uh, it is Crumb that remembers that and you uh, drag that old thing out and uh, you do some repairs and soon you are 
traveling down the muddy dirt road toward Portsmouth, and now I want a perception roll from everybody. I failed. I failed. Uh, I got it. Eight, eight under nine. Wilkie, you're the one that sees the column of black smoke rising above the trees from the direction of Portsmouth. And that is where we will pause while we take a break for ads. Yes, stuff that you must buy. Go, listen to the commercials, and when you come back, we'll find out what that column of black smoke portends. We're playing GURPS here in the Game Garage on the Glass Cannon Network. Welcome back to the Game Garage. We're in my garage, or at least I am, and we are playing GURPS, and we are playing through the events uh, uh, that uh, pertain to one family in the 14th century. And just now, uh, these two brothers... I'm sorry, they're no longer brothers. Wilkie, his nephew, Crum, and their uh, their hired hand, Tall Robert. Boy, this group has changed so much uh, in the intervening 20 years. Uh, these three are taking their grain to market, but Wilkie, you have just spotted a dark column of smoke rising from the sky in the direction of the city of Portsmouth where you were headed in to um, sell your grain. So I will ask you, what do you do? That looks foreboding. I have an idea. It's my keen business sense. Is that if there's trouble, we shouldn't bring the grain into the city. Agreed? Uh, Got to protect the grain. actually. We're halfway to town. Do you want us just to abandon it in the woods? No, no, no. I got another idea. Let's send Tall Robert to check it out. All right, I like that idea. Yeah. Thanks, Tall um, Robert. Really appreciate the effort on behalf of the family, Tall Robert. The family, the family appreciates it very much. Everything in me wants to say no, but I think Tall, like, just time and culture wise, Tall Robert's still kind of his hired hand. Uh, <laughs> So, Tall Robert uh, stares at you for way too long and then pulls the ox cart around and starts heading back. So, Tall Robert is not obeying the request to go and check out what's happening. He's just turning the cart around. Oh, you know, I might have misunderstood. I thought I was being asked to take the stuff back, but I will go check out the town if that's the... Yeah, yeah, sure. we're going to stay here with the grain and Yeah, we'll guard it and keep it safe while you go explore and report back. All right. Thanks um, again, Tall Robert. Thanks, Tall Robert. We could not do that. The family is in your debt. Not that much in your debt, but uh, metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking. This family carries a lot of debt, I do recall. I love the medieval peasants that are aware of metaphor. I know, I was okay. just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Tall Robert, you're going to go on foot ahead and scout out what's happening? I am, yeah. Okay, very good. Um, anything you'd like to tell me about your approach? Are you walking right yeah. down the road? I think I'm actually going to not take the road. Uh, I'm going to move to, uh, not through the forest, but hill and dale, uh, tree line perhaps. Just a place where if uh, something wicked this way comes, it's not going to run straight past me on the road. Okay. Um, As you travel uh, south toward uh, Portsmouth, the column of smoke becomes more 
larger and pronounced, and you can see that the city is definitely burning. Uh, and now I can tell you that you see people on the road headed away back toward where you know your your farmstead is. Uh, they're headed from Portsmouth toward where you came from uh, along the road, um, and um, you can't get a really good look at them from Hill and Dale, or maybe you can. Uh, give me a perception roll, actually. Uh, nine on ten. Okay, so um, no, I'm sorry, eight on ten. Very good. Some of these are women and children um, who wouldn't normally be traveling the roads necessarily uh, at this time of day. Are they carrying their belongings? Um, some of them appear to be uh, weighted down with uh, burdens. Um, I will go meet them on the road. Very good. Um, and you come to uh, uh, the road and you see that these people, um, some of them look like they've uh, they, their clothes have been covered with smoke, like there's like blackness around them, uh, and uh, there are many women and children and some men, uh, and they are all uh, mo- moving with a great speed, as great speed as they can manage, away from the town. Um, I will ask them uh, <laughs> one of one of the ten greetings you read. I will say <laughs> you know, greetings, uh, Dame. Uh, Judy God Dench. keep you good, sir. God keep you good, sir. Uh, uh, what befalls Portsmouth? The French. The French are here. They're burning the city. Oh, no. They're coming this way. Well, uh, it pains me to tell you this way is no safer. Uh, plague in the farms to the to the north. Are you making this up? I am. Okay. I don't want to send a bunch of hungry mouths over to our limited grant. <laughs> um, well, uh, hungry mouths are one thing, but probably this emergency is of the more immediate sort. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of refugees headed the way, and uh, they tell you that they're actually headed toward Domus Day. Domus Day is the local hospital. It's also a church. All right. Um... I don't know if I need any more information than this. I'm going to actually go back. Okay, great. Um, you're able to uh, quickly cover uh, the intervening miles uh, back to where Wilkie and Willem are waiting with the cart. So I was a classics major, Jared. I don't know much about uh, the calamitous 14th century. Uh, how long had it been since the French had attacked the coasts? Is this, how common is this? Well, um, this would be the first time that the French uh, burn Portsmouth. Um, you've seen um, some internecine squabbles uh, between uh, people here in England that incurred in Portsmouth in the intervening 20 years. But um, you would know. Actually, how much do you know? Roll your IQ. Uh, not bad. Six on ten. So you know that the king has claimed part of France. King Edward has claimed part of France uh, and has been trying to get his finances in order to build an army to go and take his claims in France. Unfortunately, he is having a tough time economically. 
here in England. You would know all of this. And uh, sure. I just want people to know that really uh, the medieval peasant would be more well-informed than perhaps you think, especially if they succeeded in an IQ role. So, um, so you know that the king is trying to raise an army to go take his possessions in France, uh, but uh, he has yet to get his finances in order, and it looks like the French have decided to go ahead and make that even harder by attacking the very prosperous economic hub of Portsmouth. Is this a situation where our lord would be asked to like, drum up soldiers to send if the king got his finances in order? Well, this is before the age of uh, police or, you know, the, the armies were levied when it was time to go do something. But there would be a, a militia. There would be a militia that kind of, you know, the, the town guard, right, uh, that would be there to fight back. You haven't seen any sign of them so far, though. All right. I, I will go inform Wilkie and Willem. Oh, crap. French, you say? French. I hear the French have... Some of them have three arms. What makes them French? Oh, my wife comes from a long line of French people. They all got two arms. That's not true. Oh, I heard it from... I heard it from Short Robert. God, God rest his soul. Uh, Short Robert <laughs> was long with the tall tails. I don't think... I've never seen a three-armed Frenchman. Have, have you never... Have you ever seen a Frenchman at all? Uh, we've seen uh, Miss Anne of Brittany, no. the crier. Yes, Miss Anne of Brittany, the town crier that leans to the left. We we seen her our whole lives. I hope she's okay. Did you hear anything about the town criers, Toll Robert? Uh, I've not. But uh, maybe we got to think a little uh, less about the news and more about uh, uh, less about the uh, uh, newscasting and more about the news on our doorstep, which is to it's say. Very wise, very wise for you to say this, Toll Robert. Uh, my I'm looking at my sense. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You go. No, no, please, please. No, no, you, you go. No, 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 no please. No, no. Well, let's I'm, start with let's start with Wilkie. Go ahead. Wilkie, Wilkie was just going to say his business sense is tingling. Uh, I recently made a connection in Chichester. Perhaps we can sell our grain there, while you two defend the homestead. Hmm. Great. We all approve this plan? I don't see how this uh, aids the folks who stay behind. We sell the grain in Chichester, but we protect the farm. Uh, who's we in this, uh, uncle? As I'm the only one with connections in Chichester, I would be the one to go to Chichester. And Toll Robert and Crumb defend the family farm. Well... Paul Robert is our employee, and you are part of the family, Cram. I think it's high time you do your fair share. Employees is paid. I pay you. He's our contractor. I agree about Tall Robert. Yeah, he should defend the farm for sure. Um, <laughs> but hey, uh, I'm looking at my character sheet, and I yeah. noticed that um, Willem, probably by way of his wife's family, uh, speaks French. Mm-hmm. Albeit accented French, so he he says, "Ah, parlez-vous le français?" Are you speaking in tongues? 
No, that was my father. I was speaking in French. Uh, do you not un- comprendez-vous le français, mon frères? Rookie looks over at Tall Robert and is like, you get that? <laughs> well, I'll better stay around so that someone can communicate with these Frenchies if they if they attack. Otherwise, it it would be like a bunch of Germans coming to attack us. No one would understand anything. So oh. you you all stand comically arguing in the middle of the road for <laughs> uh, a little while, um, and uh, you uh, do realize that uh, Willem astoundingly can speak French um, because role playing games role playing games don't always conform to what would have been usual for history. These characters are exceptional in in certain ways. Um, you. Uh, must tell me what you're going to do. And I want to be clear about the stakes here. If the French are burning things, they may come and burn your homestead, or they may come and kill you. Um, That is why all those refugees were heading to the hospital. So, just to give you, uh, just to be a a, a friendly neighborhood game master and give you some, some thoughts, you might say, oh, we're going to go and defend our home. You might say, oh, we're going to gather with the other refugees in the hospital, which, you know, has walls and is defendable and perhaps would be safe. Uh, Or you might say uh, a third or a fourth or a fifth thing, and please do say those things if you have other ideas. But I'm just sort of kind of giving you what would immediately occur to you. (coughs) Wilkie would like to walk the five hours to Chichester. Uh, <laughs> I think we should stick together, Uncle. What? What about our grain? Uh, if we don't sell it. That, that's a whole season ruined, lost. The market's on fire. There are the markets. Well, that's true. But if we're if you're gonna go to Chichester, then we should all go to Chichester. Just abandon the homestead. Well, the homestead. Mm. Well, they can't stop the church from getting burned. The homestead. I mean, it ain't that profitable. It's not even ours. It's the Lord's. It does occur to me that... That's what Toll Robert was saying, that we don't even own it. Is that true, Uncle? Uh, we'll talk about that later. Oh, sh- yeah, we got to make a decision. No, that's okay. Uh, you, you, I was just going to say, you don't really own your lands. You yeah. you still kind of rent them from Sir Harold Hayter. Yeah. Um, Let's so all go... The burning of the markets mean then. that our grain is worth... Much more than it would be. Perhaps we uh, squirrel it away. Perhaps the family fortunes is turning once again. It's my business. We need to make certain that these hungry refugees don't gobble it all up. If they do, that they pay us for it. (laughs) Uncle, tell us what to do. To Chichester. All right, to Chichester. Let's abandon everything we know from. Bucket of grain. <laughs> Very good. Well, I mean, we should it, warn them though, because the French could come to Chichester next. Oh, we should definitely warn them after we sell the grain. Um. All right. So, um, it's going to be difficult to take the grain, you know, over hill and dale like uh, our friend Tall Robert just traveled. So you'll need to use the roads, right? Um. And uh, let me just see if people have any sort of approach to how they're going to do this are you trying to wait to cover of night because it will be night soon 
are you which you know it's dangerous to travel the roads at night in in any instance but it might be it might be safer now that uh, there is an enemy army about uh, just let me know sort of your general approach at traveling to this nearby city well I've got um, area knowledge Portsmouth as a skill so mm-hmm. I was thinking that might allow me to chart a path that was a little bit less well-traveled, but nonetheless safe for the the wagon. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Why don't we go ahead and do that, and then I would like to have people answer the question of nightfall, whether you want to travel at night or not. Strikes me as a terrible (laughs) idea. Um, On the roads. However, uh, what about by stream? Can we go and steal a boat? How did area knowledge go? Uh, failed it by three. Ah, okay, very good. I, I have it as well. Can I roll? Yeah, you may also roll. I think we should take the old bridge road. I failed so badly, it's not even funny. <laughs> very good. Um, so uh, I will go ahead and rule what that means in a minute. But uh, first, I need to know exactly your approach. So um, are you going to go along with this stealing a boat idea? Uh, that Tall Robert has proposed, or are you just trying to take the cart via the roads known to you, and that is where your area knowledge comes into play? And no matter what your area knowledge rolls that you just made are going to come into play, just so you know. (laughs) But I want to know exactly how you're traveling before I set scenes. I mean, the roads would be dangerous, I agree. And if we don't travel by night, I feel like we're going to be overrun by either refugees or the French army. So, kind of got to go by night, so maybe the boat is the best idea. Uh, That's probably not a big punishment for stealing in 1338. It'll be blamed on the French. I mean, it is a chaotic situation. When we steal it, nephew, you just say some things in French. (laughs) And they'll, Uh, they'll think it's the French. All right, okay. so you guys, um, you guys go to uh, bodies of water that you're familiar with. I mean, a lot of the boats are docked down in Portsmouth, um, so uh, that's what you know. That was a huge fishing hub, a huge uh, center of commerce where people would move back and forth with boats. But there would be some uh, streams and rivers up this way. Uh, however, your area knowledge failure means that I'm going to say that it is almost dawn when you finally arrive uh, along a uh, riverbank and you see some boats docked um, you're looking down an embankment from the road down to where some boats are sort of docked by the water uh, and you are also looking at uh, a a large grouping of French or some maybe some other nationality soldiers uh, Hmm. who are watering horses and uh, uh kind of camping beside the river. New plan. Speak French to them, nephew. Uh, They look look very well armed. Tell Um, them you're a French citizen and you're traveling and you want safe passage. Alright. If you say so, uncle. I think that's a clever ruse. All right. I if they ask who we are, you just say we're your English prisoners. Okay, I'll do that. I'm going to um, approach. They have not noticed you. Can I offer a third plan? 
<laughs> Please do. Right, yes, tall Robert. Yes, go on. We give up this foolishness. We take what we have. And we hide in Bertram's cave until all of this blows over. Oh, I said I'd never go back there. That is an excellent idea. Do we think we could keep the, the grain preserved until all this foolishness does blow over? Well, it'll be out of the elements. <laughs> That's good. I like this plan. And we can always offer them mushrooms if they come too close. There may be some of my father's acolytes still about in the cave. You guys are planning to end this session exactly the way that you solved the last session with psychedelic mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, um, if something works, don't yeah. fix it, right? Um, so guess. you are now hightailing it away from this this river. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to um, talk to these Frenchmen. They might yeah. be able to detect from my accent. Well, <laughs> you're very lucky. They don't see you, this, this grouping of uh, soldiers. And so um, I will now ask for another area knowledge to quickly and with... Uh, with efficiency, get back to the cave of uh, Bertram. Failed by four. I rolled, an, I rolled a 17. <laughs> okay, so it's another fail from everybody. And no, so I, I actually chose to roll on this one. So 9 on 11. A 9 on 11? Really? Tall Robert Tall leads Robert. the way. I'm looking at the wrong character. Uh, oh. A 9 on a 9. A 9 on a 9. All right. Tall Robert. Nicely done. So Tall Robert... Um, you uh, you all arrive at Bertram's cave without with no with no detours, and you are now looking at the cave, uh, and there are there are a few followers about. Let's see how many there are. There are wow, there are six different pilgrims here, uh, and they some of them seem to be newly refugeed uh, from the depredations of the French, and they are praying uh, to the cave to give them salvation from the horrid French. Excuse me. And so you must tell me how you're going to get this grain. You're going to get the grain all into the cave as you're trying to save your your harvest? Speak to Um, them, Crumb. Fulfill your destiny as a a religious leader, just like your father was. And get them to help us. Walk up to a man who starved to death during these times feels like a bad idea. Maybe someone should tell them that. I'm sorry, what, Sat Toll, Robert? Praying at the shrine of a man who starved to death not a handful of years ago feels like an inauspicious omen for people in trouble. Let them know that, and they should find somewhere else to go. He wouldn't have starved to death if he wasn't in that dungeon. The suffering is... The suffering is piety. It is brings him closer to God. It is nothing to be afraid of. I just walk away from these guys, and I say, Followers! Followers of Bertram of the Cave is Willem Crum, the son of Bertram. I and Bertram's brother and tall Robert wish to take sanctuary in the cave. Will you, in the spirit of my beloved and sacrosanct father, help us load this grain into the cave? It's what my father would have wanted. Um, you get plus two reaction for being the son of their holy leader. Okay. Um, I also have charisma plus one on all reaction and influence rolls. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so you get plus three, actually. Um, let me just find the reaction table. 
Well, let me roll and then. Okay. Higher is better, isn't it, Clinton Trucks? With yep. reactions? Correct. Um, you get plus three. That means yeah. that you have rolled altogether uh, a 17 reaction yes. from these folk. And they are acting like you are as sacrosanct as their former leader, the martyred Bertram. And so they are more than willing to help you load this grain into the cave. And uh, would you like all like to do so? Oh, yeah. This is such an interesting <laughs> strategy and not where I thought the game would go today. You're trying to... No, it's, it's interesting. You're trying to save profits, whereas many people would be ruined by uh, the depredations of the French burning their farms. You have taken uh, a good portion of your harvest. It's not the entire harvest, I have to tell you. You can't fit that on a cart or two. Uh, but a good portion of your harvest, and you are now uh, squirreling it away, you may go ahead and roll farming to see if this is done in a way that will preserve your crop uh, for uh, several days or weeks. Do Who all would of us like roll, to roll or that? one roll and help? Well, let's uh, do Wilkie one. Will, as head of the family, I will roll. Oh, okay. <laughs> Taking charge. Well, because you have the very uh, capable... Willem and Tall Robert helping you. Go ahead and take a plus three. Actually, you have all those peasants helping you as well, the religious peasants. Go ahead and take a plus four to the roll. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking for uh, a 12. Okay. And I roll a 12. Very good. Um, you believe that the grain has all been stored carefully. It's dry. It will keep for a number of... Let's see how long it'll keep. This is how many days it will keep. The grain will keep for 11 days, you think, at least. Wow. We're fine. This was a great idea, Uncle. I really appreciate that you came up with it. Thank you. Thank you, Willem. It's it that was family business sense business again sense. is so important. Such a great idea. It's Looking down the side of the hills uh, from the cave over the trees... You can now see columns of smoke rising from the area in which you live. So, not just the city of Portsmouth now, but the countryside outside of it is burning. Uh, Crumb, question. Yeah. Are you all concerned at all concerned about your wife and children? <laughs> I wasn't until now. Well, <sighs> thank you so much. Matthew Capitacasa and Wilkie for bringing that up because uh, as dependents uh, and they are dependents you must either go and do something about their the danger that they're in or you, you're going to take a, a different type of hit uh, possibly to your mental stability All what right. do you think about it? So, oh yeah, please Tall uh, Robert uh, realize that with the people here, we can't stop them from eating the grain. But well, Tall actually, thinks, the grain the grain is not you know grain still needs to be processed. These six so, peasants that are here as part of a religious pilgrimage aren't going to just get into the cave and start chomping away at wheat. So we can crush it and boil it, so we're not starving at this point. Right. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could. You you, you need to uh, use something like cooking to do that. Sure. Uh, I just want to make certain that I, I, I was picturing fighting off uh, a bunch of hungry uh, acolytes 
who are in this cave wishing that they had something to eat and looking at all this grain. I think if people want to eat, we should let them eat, but I don't think anybody should leave. We can't leave anybody back here till the French are gone. I I would totally understand if Wilkie felt he had to go fight the French to save his family. I'm sure he would survive. Wilkie or Wilm? Willem. Willem. I'm Wilkie. You're Willem. (laughs) Wilkie seems to care nothing about his family. I have no family. What about your young wife? She's in Chichester. She's fine. (laughs) Fine. (sighs) Here we are, stuck in a cave. The cave of my religious father. And so I'm of the mindset of some of the stories Bertram told me as, as a youth. Here we are in a cave... Off over the horizon, there's the smoke rising from a destroyed city, and it puts young Karam in the mindset of a biblical story about a man named Lot, who also was fleeing a burning city and was left to live in a cave. And from there, poor Lot had to repopulate his population. So he, so as he's thinking about this, Karam is starting to look around at all the different pilgrims are there any women pilgrims among them jesus christ oh my god uh it's well, not jesus uh, christ you guys come on uh, uh actually uh no they're all men uh, well if god had meant me to live the life of lot he would have left at least one woman in this cave but now i've got to go save marguerite and my children gwyn theodric and beatrix i'm sorry uncle I cannot stay in this cave. Staying here brought ruin to my father, and while it might be good for the grain, it ain't good for the family. I must depart and try to save them, even if I must fight the entire French army on my own with this small hand shovel, which is my only weapon. I'm off! Nephew! Oh, 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 bye-bye now. Oh, did you have anything you wanted to say to me, Uncle, before I venture alone into the darkness? Uh, well, uh, well, good luck, first. Good luck. Uh, and second, would you mind uh, telling the pilgrims that, uh, that I am also, like, religious like your, your father, so they will follow oh, me course. if you don't come back? Yes, of course, of course. Uh, Tall robber, I, I, I don't suppose you've got a wife. You need to go back to the farm to protect, or perhaps an animal, uh, or a I've religious not, icon, but, uh, or something that you need. I know you were just a young one when your father told his stories, but I feel like I should point out uh, Lot did indeed have progeny, uh, but they were with his own daughters. Um, so. Yes. Maybe not the best role model. It's a weird story. I mean, everything in the Bible's in there for a reason, right? Um, <laughs> That's what Bertram I mean, used to say. Like, it's a literal lesson, document that is yeah. must be taken Are you questioning literally. the word of God? At, at this time of all times, Tall Robert, now is the time for faith, not for questioning. <laughs> uh, I just go, <laughs> all right, good luck. Let me know if you need me to pick anything up at the farm for you. Wait, it's so am I to understand... Like, expression breaks. Am I to understand, and, and this is completely fine, um, no no judgments, that <laughs> Wilkie and Tall Robert are staying at the cave and allowing our friend Willem to go back on his own? For sure. It's kind of what it sounds All like. All I prefer to think of it as... Uh, 
we each have our own callings in life and responsibilities, and I have a young fiancé in Chichester that I must live for and provide for. So it's my duty to stay here. Speaking of providing, um, some time has passed at the cave, and so I would like to know how people are eating, and it seems like we already solved that, that um, we're going to use cooking on the to boil down the wheat uh, and feed these pilgrims. Um, can I go ahead and have a cooking roll from Wilkie to see how that's going? Yes, you may. Um, well, I'll put it this way. I could have rolled worse. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled... This sounds like a 17. Um, can I use luck? Do I have luck? You do not have luck. Very unlucky. Um, so, yeah. No, I failed very badly. I rolled okay. a 15 over an 8. Okay. Um, so, um, for whatever reason, the, the, the process of turning... Uh, this grain into kind of a very simple bread or gruel has eluded you, uh, Wilkie. And if you try a- a- additional attempts, it could get harder. But for now, the pilgrims and Tall Robert and Wilkie have not eaten in a little while. But let's let's leave them uh, starving uh, momentarily while we follow our friend Crumb, who comes down off of the side of the hill. Uh, down through the forest and back into uh, this area proper to try to save his wife and family. Where are you going to look for them? Um, I well, the first thing I would do is just go to the farm and see if they're in the home. You arrive at your farm, and before you get very closely, you see that there is uh, that the lands of Sir Harold Hayter are burning. Your farm is burning. Sir Harold Hayter's manor house is burning. And uh, let's see if the French spot you. And uh, the French have not spotted you. So um, you are on foot and uh, they have not yet noticed you. They are busy looting. Um, In fact, from your vantage point in the tree line, you can now see them pulling out out of the burning uh, manner of uh, Sir Harold Hayter, uh, wine out of the cellar. Uh, and they are all laughing and going ahead and popping it open right there in front of the burning building and gurgling, guzzling it down. Uh, Willem takes a moment to kind of put his right leg up on the stump of a tree and look wistfully at the burning Lord's Manor as the music swells and he looks up at the double sun. Um, no, it's wrong. Uh, uh, Wilkie, uh, not Wilkie. Uh, uh, Willem, <laughs> music swells. Uh, okay, so where is the family uh, land relative to the manor house? Is it nearby? It is nearby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna. It, it seems as though the French are distracted by one of their favorite sins, which is wine. Um, so I am gonna just leave them to that and try to kind of circle a little bit around so as not to draw attention to myself as I make my way closer to the family homestead. Okay, so at least this little group is. Uh, I'm not going to say that the French you've seen guzzling the wine are all of the French. Sure. Okay? Understood. Um, uh, But it sounds like you're trying to be stealthy. Is that correct? Yeah. And I guess I could use area knowledge to know where there's a good boulders to hide behind as I make my way toward the farm. 
You know what? Use your area knowledge. If you succeed, I'm going to um, ameliorate the penalty that you get when you uh, roll stealth untrained. Okay. Uh, I got a 10, and I needed an 11. So I Okay, my one. very well done. So instead of a dex minus 5 or IQ minus 5 oh, uh, for stealth, I'm going to make it minus... I'm gonna make you really know this area well. This yeah. is your area, so I'm gonna make it a Dex minus two or an IQ minus two roll. To okay, um, uh, I have a one higher in IQ, so I'm gonna pick that. That would mean I need to roll under a nine. Okay, that's pretty good. A fifty-fifty. Okay, I moved these boulders when I was a boy, and now I'm hiding behind them. Uh, eight. Very nice. well done. Um, you arrive at your particular uh, plot and uh, your family's plot and uh, you notice that your houses in particular haven't been burned yet. Your fields in particular haven't been burned yet, but the fields on either side of you are burning. Um, So uh, you may have just by chance been passed over or they might be getting to your your land soon, but I can tell you that uh, well, tell me what you're going to do. You see the the cottage... yeah, go ahead. I attribute that to the grace of Almighty God that our uh, fields were not respected. That's, there's no chance involved here. Uh, and I'm going to make my way to the cottage. Beeline. I want to. I'm really worried about uh, Marguerite, Gwyn, Theodric, and Beatrix. Um, you um, bash your way into the cottage, and there is nobody there. Um, but you can see that it looks like some things were hastily packed. Madge! Are you here, Madge? Hello! It's your beloved! Willem! Theodric! Shit. Uh, oh, I think I might know where they went to hide. I remember when I was a small child, there was a great rain, weeks of rain, and my father built like a lean-to structure to try to protect the the fields. It didn't really work, but they never removed the debris of it, and I think that that's like an emergency shelter. So I'm going to go run over there and see if <laughs> my family is taking refuge. You um you go over there and your family has not taken refuge in that structure, but it's still standing and it's begging to be burnt down. The <laughs> the uh the question of your family's location might be answered by an area knowledge rule. Yeah, perhaps we had like an emergency plan, like in case the French come, hide in the barn. Yeah. Well, so not to pile on, but could we recon and say that maybe uh, Wilkie asked you to check in on Matilda also? Uh, <laughs> while you're there, hey, I have a couple of things I need you to pick up. <laughs> you can, can you make asked. a couple more difficult stealth rolls. No, uh, I'm. I, 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 fair enough. You asked, and we'll see what happens. But he is making zero effort right now <laughs> to find his uncle's true love. I was going to use a shorter word than that, but uh, <laughs> I won't. So he is unconcerned about your sinful. Um, true love? Your true love, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can you say that when you've, you're already working on another one in Chilchester? It's, it's inappropriate. The heart is a complicated thing. Okay. Anyway, uh, it's true love. Uh, no one is questioning that. But 
Uh, how did your area knowledge roll go? I got a nine out of eleven. You know that they would go to Domus Day. They would go to the Royal Garrison Church, where all of the refugees are headed, uh, because it is a defendable structure that has been kind of set up for this kind of thing. So that's back to square one. Well, it's right, back well, down the road a little bit more toward Portsmouth. Right. But I'm not sure I want to go there alone, since we already as a group kind of decided not to go there. So my 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 gut tells me I should go back to the cave, and then we could all go to the to the the church. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. It's a, it's a church. It's a hospital. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I, who knows if these guys will agree to go with you. <laughs> Well, I know but, one way I might be able to get my uncle to come along. I'm going to start looking for Matilda. Oh, very good. Well, Matilda should be in the area, right? She should yeah. be right near the uh, Sir Harold Hayter's, uh lands. And maybe, so, um, maybe the maybe Larkin the Hunter will will be killed by the French, and then that will throw <laughs> everything in. Oh my God! Way. Maybe don't Why bother don't you... look for Matilda. Just say she went to Domus Day. And you're done. Well, why don't you go ahead and give me um, uh, another stealth roll at negative oh two? I, you said IQ negative two. Yep, so I need uh, a nine. Yeah, to move uh, surreptitiously through the area. Uh, okay. 13. So as you, as, you, um, uh, as you try to fulfill your uncle's request and check in on Matilda, you yeah. can see the hunter's cabin ahead of you, and you can see that it is burning, and then you see uh, the pikemen turn around with torches in their hands and they spot you um and they go hold hold and they're pointing at you and i will do not move i i will i will hold and i will say bonjour mon frere je suis un citoyen de france there are come there are only two of them uh, I just rolled to see. There are only two Thank of God. them. Um, they are carrying spears. Uh, these are foot soldiers. They have big padded uh, jackets uh, and uh, little skull cap type helmets. Uh, but they look rough. Uh, they don't look like they freshly joined the army. They look almost half like pirates. Their beards are long and scraggly. Uh, they look like they've been eating poorly. Um, and they look pretty, uh, pretty haggard. Uh, as they uh, march up toward you and uh, they start yelling at you in French, but in fact, you speak French, right? May we? So they tell you to get down on the ground on your knees. Get on your knees, peasant. Get on your knees, rustic. Bien sûr, mes amis, and I will get down. Great. Uh, one of them uh, digs through a bag on his side, and you see him pull out a pair of rusty manacles. And then you hear one of them say, This one is strong. He will fetch a good price as a slave. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How's uh, 1300s Europe treating you? No, no, I'm a no. I say in French, I'm a free man. Not anymore, Englishman. Je suis Francais. They are going to put the manacles onto Willem. I, God damn it! I can't. I, I can't allow that to happen. I don't 
think. Um, so... Are you, you going to let Matilda languish out there? I know. I... Because <laughs> first concern. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to... Oh, my God. I'm going to... Um, What's the hunter's name again? Larkin. Uh, Larkin. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go like uh, first of all I'm gonna try and resist and I'm gonna try and fight him and I'm just gonna yell out Larkin help me Larkin. All right, their basic speed is a bit higher than yours. God. Uh, well, well, what's your basic speed? Tell me so I make five. sure five. Your basic speed is five. Yeah, theirs yeah. is a little higher than yours. <coughs> so they are going to unfortunately get to go first. Yeah. When you start resisting. One is going to try to slap the manacles on you. The other okay. is going to try to hit you with his spear. All right. Okay. How much HP do you have? It should be Ten. equal to your health. Ten. Okay. Um, so here they're going to go ahead and take their actions, and then you can take your action. All right. So can uh, he and you're force yelling a grapple for before he gets manacled. What's that? Can he force them to like grapple him before he gets manacled? So it's not one roll to just be in chains. Um, okay, so they need to Sorry. grapple you first. Okay, I- I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, Bon chance, mon amis. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, you know, that's good rules lawyering there, uh, Mr. Clinton Trucks. And you or thought I had to even, be in the scene. It's not even rules lawyering, really. It's just rules use it, usage. <laughs> um, so let me see what their, their brawling would be. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay, very good. So, this one that's going to try to try to put the manacles on you has to grapple you. Let's see how he does. Just for the audience, grappling uses the wrestling skill. Let's not worry about it today. I'm using the wrestling skill. Great. I'm using the wrestling skill. Don't worry, I'm using it. Let me just uh, look it up to uh, show you how much I'm using it. I didn't yeah, mean to get um, in a fight, you guys. No, it has... I'm sorry oh. you're alone. Yeah, me too. Why am I alone again? I forget. Uh, roll against the higher of decks or wrestling to hit with a grapple. Um, and guess what? They've hit with a grapple by rolling ah! at 10. So this guy has your arms. The other guy is annoyed that you're resisting, and he's going to try to spear you while the other one goes, No! You're ruining him! <laughs> We can't sell him if you poke him through. Uh, and this guy's going to roll on his uh, spear skill. Uh, and he succeeds at his spear skill with an excellent roll of only five. So, so um, you are about to orphan. take damage. You take only two damage. Uh, so he's not he's trying not to ruin you for the slave markets uh, and just kind of scratches you. Um, and um, then it is not your turn. Oh, good. You know whose turn it is? Larkin. Larkin. He arrows. comes out of the burning. <laughs> yes, he comes out of the burning building and fires his arrows. And his first is a hit. Yes. He hits. And he does only one damage to one of the... Uh, French soldiers, and now it is your turn. All right. So I'm grappled? You are grappled. You have to break the grapple. Let's start with that. That seems like the most important thing to do. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to say that breaking a grapple is a strength roll versus okay. the strength of this uh, particular uh, Frenchman. Okay. 
Okay, here we go. I hit it exactly at 10. He... He hit his exactly. Oh my god. Okay, both hit theirs exactly. So Ties go to the defender. Ties go to the defender, so you are still grappled. Um, and now, new round. Uh, the guy that has you grappled is going to try to put manacles on you. No! Again, using the wrestling skill, which we said defaults to... What was it again? Uh, Dex. Dexterity, Dex. I think. Yeah. yeah. The higher of Dexter Wrestling. Okay, here we go. And this time, he fails. So he's got you grappled, but he's having trouble putting the manacles on you. And the other guy uses his spear skill. Uh, I'm going to say since you are so well grappled, I'm going to give him a plus to this attack. I'm not used to you with holes in me. Listen to your friend. But it's not high enough. You're wiggling (laughs) too much, and he uh, he can't deal with you. And uh, another arrow is going to come flying, and they're going to have to deal with that in a second. Here comes the other arrow, and that is a success. That is a success on the... So, let's see how much damage he does that time. That time, he rolls a five in damage, and I'm going to rule that Larkin has cut down one of the Frenchmen in a significant enough way that an arrow is sticking out of his padded jerkin. Uh, and I'm going to rule that it was the one that was trying to stab you. So you're de- still dealing with the one that's trying to grapple you. What do you do? Bert, I'm sorry, Willem, what do you do? Does it? Uh, so is the other one dead? Like, is he? No, but he is, has an arrow sticking out of the front of him, and he's not really interested in fighting with you anymore. Okay. I'm going to ignore him, and then I'm going to just, again, try to yank myself free from the grapple. Okay, great. Give me that strength roll. Missed it by four. And uh, so, unfortunately, ties go to the defender. He still has you. Uh, new round, um, and he's going to try to put the manacles. Uh, now, actually, is he more worried about the guy with the arrows? He's probably more worried about the guy with the arrows now. So um, he he's going to push you to the ground and go charging. Oh, well, he's got to pull his pole arm. Yeah, he pushes you to the ground and pulls his pole arm, and then Larkin fires at him. Okay. Larkin misses. No, Larkin hits. Larkin just matches his skill in uh, archery and does four damage to this guy. Larkin has taken down both of them for you. What a great They both have arrows coming out of them. In other words, there's an opportunity right now to run if you'd like, Willem. Uh, no, or you I'm can, gonna. Are you gonna finish them off? Oh yeah, there's one guy on the ground, right? Or there's who's... two. Both of them have arrows sticking out of them right now, and they're not really interested in continuing to um, manacle you. So, what would you well, like to do? The manacles, presumably, they, did the guy drop the manacles? Yes, he did. I'm gonna scoop those up, and I'm gonna try and manacle him. Okay, turn give me about a... is fair play, my friend. You don't have any brawl, right? Hell no. I have fishing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just say, give me a... uh, Give me a strength minus two. And if you were able to do that, you're able to get the manacles on him. Because he's really struggling with the arrow sticking out of him. Okay. Uh, I missed it by one. Okay, so you're on the ground wrestling with him. And Larkin's like, you fool, run! And Larkin starts running, and you see him 
um, grab Matilda, who was kind of hiding behind a shrub nearby, and they begin running away from the burning house. All right. Well, then I'm going to run and, and try and follow them and eventually convince them to take shelter in the cave and accompany me back there. So you guys are going to go back to the cave. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, uh, no more stealth rolls needed. Uh, you arrive back at the cave with Matilda and Larkin. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, actually, I think that one cooking roll was enough. Everybody is really hungry and uh, not feeling very well. And uh, how have you done in finding water? <clears throat> we should find Trump. out. Surely the pilgrims have a source of water. Um, you know what? It's early enough we can say that people brought along some water sources that haven't run out yet. That's that's and a fair that's a fair point. And so, maybe now uh, Larkin can supplement our food stores with his hunting skills. And my hey, yeah, very good chair point. Look forward to you. Well, they've brought two more mouths to feed, or rather, uh, Willem Crum uh, has brought two more mouths to feed. Uh, but they arrive and they go. Uh, Larkin says, uh, uh, "Wilkie." Larkin, I wasn't aware you were hiding up here. Well, Larkin, some things may have happened in the past, but it's the first time in our lifetime we've been invaded by the French, so I say let's put a pause on our Discord until we get out of you know the war and work together save our lives. The others are hiding at the hospital. There's likely food and water there. Perhaps we should go there. My wife is there, and children. They're alive! We have hallucinogenic mushrooms. It's not making up words. <laughs> what are you talking about, Wilkie? We have uh, magical mushrooms. So, um... Larkin, Larkin, well, you don't have to. You could say, Wilkie's like, I'm sticking here. Um, You have saved your crop, which I did not expect, which is uh, a huge boon to you. Um, Would you like to help them go and retrieve the uh, family from the hospital, or are you going to go just shelter there in the hospital with them? You know, Wilkie will stay behind, and he'll suggest that um, that uh, Matilda stay behind until we know the road is safe as well. Um, Larkin says, uh, very good. Uh, he'll go and check out the hospital with whoever's going. And Matilda, you should stay here. Uh, and she gives you a meaningful look. Wilkie. I'm going to the a meaningful look back. Very good. Um, so who all is going to go to the hospital? <coughs> Tall Robert, Tall Robert's going to go as well. So um, let's see if any of the pilgrims decide to go as well. One of them. Uh, unarmed. Uh, a rustic uh, with no uh, weapons at all. In fact, none of, you have, none of you have weapons, do you? No. Nope. Um, except, so, except for Larkin. Another day and a night passes, and you're um, kind of running out of food and water uh, as your friends head down the hill back toward inhabited lands, Wilkie. Um, would you like to try to provide for these folks again with the grain? I would. Give me that cooking skill again. Okay. For my love. For true love. Nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fifteen. I'm gonna go ahead and rule that um, uh, days pass um, while you wait for your friends to return from the hospital, and uh, everybody is almost kind of starving. Uh, although you can go quite a, a while without food, uh, but uh, things are not good. Uh, meanwhile, let's follow the party that goes down to the hospital. Um, cutting to the chase a little bit, I'm going to say that you arrive at Domus Day and you see that buildings near it have been set fire. Um, the French soldiers uh, uh, aren't anywhere to be seen, but the hospital itself is now um, smoking. And fire is uh, kind of licking the sides of it, and you hear screams from inside. And Larkin says, what are we waiting for? Come on, we have to save them! Oh, so heroic. And he starts follow him. <laughs> yeah, he's much more heroic than Wilkie. Tell Robert, come on! He's truly a better man. Matilda really, really uh, went up in the world with Larkin. Um, Larkin is running toward uh, the hospital with his uh, bow. I will follow along. Same. Very good. Um, so you arrive and the fire, by the time you get there, the fire is in full swing and it is threatening the uh, the chapel where most of the people are sort of kind of hiding. Um, and um, uh, basically you have to tell me how you're going to get inside of this burning building. Uh, is there a stained glass window display or? Window? There is one. Yes, that's a that's a great idea. There is one stained glass window. Um, it's a little high up, um, uh, you know, uh, but it is above the flames. It takes years and years to make. It's yes. basically priceless. Break it. <laughs> just take a rock and just whip it right at that thing, and then we'll try great. And Give me it a Dex minus two roll to throw a rock at the stained glass window. This is for never paying attention to me, father! And I whip it at the uh, stained glass window. I got a nine, which is my dexterity. Uh, you shatter it. Um, and, <laughs> yes, uh, symbolic. Yes, uh, the stained glass window of the church is shattered, and you can hear the screams of women and children inside. Could it have had the Virgin Mary on the picture of the stained? <laughs> like, could that be the thing that just... That I put all my effort into destroying. That it, how did you know historically yes. that that was the exact stained glass window that existed on the side of this church? Uh, maybe, maybe I'm making that up. Uh, but yes, the now. Virgin Mary is completely shattered by your stone, uh, and so now uh, you are looking at a building that has fire kind of licking the sides of it, um, but uh, you know uh, has an open window that you can get in and out of. Tall Robert, you're tall. Give us a boost. I will do that. Okay. Um, so uh, just to be clear, you've already clambered inside the walls, oh. and now you're okay. you're up to the chapel that is burning, uh, and you are going to try to give uh, our Willem a boost into the building. Uh, give me a strength roll, um, and I'll just let you know that there's fire all around the building, so you'll have to stand inside the fire for a moment. You'll have to risk oh. the fire for a moment. No, I won't do that. Okay, uh, classic right classic Clinton truck gameplay. Uh, I refuse to take damage. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, it looks right. like I'll give him a boost. No, Tall Robert, if you are afraid, if you think that it, it may it may kill you, maybe you wouldn't do that. Tell me what Tall Robert would do. 
I'm actually playing Tall Robert as callous as, rather than fearful. He simply doesn't care about this the way they do. They do. Yeah. <clears throat> that said, uh, of the two people I know in the world, uh, I think I like um, Crumb slightly more. So I'll give him a boost briefly. One turn. Thank you, Tall Robert. Give me a strength yeah. roll, a negative two. Rolling for eight, and I rolled a nine. Um, you are not able to get up into the uh, into the chapel, and uh, the uh, fire gets even worse. And uh, right now, I'm going to say that you are both briefly in the fire for a second, which means that you take a, a D6 minus three versus f- worth of fire damage right now, but God. it's about to get worse. You take three fire damage, uh, Tall Robert, and you take three fire damage... Willem. Ah, Tall Robert! Ow! The people inside, the people inside are trying to push, uh, push objects, pews and things up so that they can clamber out of that open window, but they're having a little trouble, like, quite reaching it. They need someone to reach through. Are you going to try again? (sighs) Yes. Okay, give me another strength roll. At minus two, uh, I rolled a seven, rolling for eight. Very good. So now, uh, Willem, you are there. You're inside the window, and you can reach down and start helping people out. But in order to do that, I need a strength roll from you, and it's just going to be a straight strength roll. All right, let's give it a shot. I missed it by two. Willem, you get some of the people out, uh, but then the fire spreads... uh, it spreads, and uh, you take some more fire damage. You watch this a time, stupid book in the middle of the room burst into flames. This time it's... Oh, wow, you uh, you only take two more fire damage. Oh, God. But how, okay. how, how, much, how much health do you have left? Why don't you go ahead and give me a health roll right now for your, your normal un- unaffected health? All right. Uh, I missed it by one. We've come to the end of our story today. And here's what I'm going to rule. I'm going to rule that our friend Willem follows the route of his father and martyrs himself, getting some of the refugees out of the hospital. He burns. Let's roll to see if he successfully got his own family out of the hospital. (laughs) Oh my god. This This is is so brutal. This is the roll I've never heard of. Literally ever heard of. Meanwhile, Wilkie and Matilda. (laughs) Smash. We just eat some mushrooms and see what happens. I rolled a two, a one, and a three, and I think that that's a success. You die, but you get your own family out of the burning church. Oh, thank god. And um, meanwhile, up in the mountains, uh, you have some lean, some lean days, uh, unable to eat anything, unable to find anything to drink. And so I think that the very pious, very zealous followers of Bertram are turned uh, to feel that the, the God's favor no longer falls upon this cave. And the men that uh, seem to run it. Um, 
And so, uh, because some of them almost starve to death up there in the hills while they wait, uh, they await for God's forgiveness. Um, and so, uh, as we close on 1338, we find our friend Willem dead, but his family survived. Tall Robert also survived. And Wilkie, you saved the crop. Well, your friends helped you save the crop. So you are still a viable farmer, uh, and you're, uh, you have successfully set yourself with a matrimonial match. So you could conceivably have kids in our next session. Maybe also uh, uh, true love. <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? You really can't have it all in the 14th century. (laughs) Um, And so uh, that is how we will close for today. Uh, Thank you to my incredible, incredible players, Eric Mona, Matthew Capodacasa, and Clinton Trucks. Uh, Good job saving that crop, guys. And three children. And And my wife. But also the crop. The crop is the important thing. And my true love. Right, and we did. you managed to rekindle your uh, extramarital affair. That's really exciting. God be praised. God be praised. Just before I'm about to get married. Um, you know, everybody else is playing a medieval life simulator. Matthew's playing an an affair simulator. And doing really well. (laughs) I I mean, given the sheer number of failures I've rolled, I'm doing astoundingly well. It's true. That should be a video game like The Affair, you know, where you just have to handle different situations like now she wants you to leave your wife it's like uh press x to leave your wife um thank you guys that was amazing oh thank you we'll find out what else happens to this family when we come back in one week's time until then this has been the game garage on the glass cannon network i'm jared logan good night nash Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.